man, if you just tuned in um, to the Unleashed Plus and you just heard Josh sing us out with that, we just left it at the end with that last line that he sang. I mean, it was like, don't need any you know, music trailers to take us out or outros or anything. It's like the spirit of God. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I got up and I just, I had to go over and get a tissue up. It's like, it's not just because I had a cold a couple of weeks ago. There's something in my spirit that moves and resonates when I hear someone singing a song that comes out of their story. Um, I have a story and I can remember, um, at, at a moment when I was literally ready to take my life, and that was in 2007. It was February 2007, and I heard Tony Evans. It wasn't a song, but he was talking about um, freedom in Christ, that who we are, our identity, doesn't come from what anybody else will ever think about us or how good we perform, um, but Christ being in me. Um, you and I talked about that one day on the couch at Airborne Studios, is, and that was, I think, kind of in the middle of your journey from what oh, you yeah. just shared with us. Yeah. And I remember you really listening and saying, interesting. <laughs> I don't, that was your response. I can be saying interesting. Because we were talking about, like in cognitive therapy, we talk about how our thoughts create our emotions and our emotions create our actions. And then Christian convergence therapy, which is what I was talking about at the time, was it's your belief system that shapes how you think, then how you feel and how you'll act. And something that the journey that I've been on is, is, is one of empathy for other people that are on their journey they're trying to find their way. They might have been back here with their faith. Like, you, man, everything you said. You know, my, my mom and dad were really involved in church. My mom did the choir stuff. You know, my dad ran the sound, and he couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. Oh, seriously. <laughs> but he did. But he, that, he loved it. And he wanted to come alongside mom, and they were involved in ministry together. But the, the, we were there on, twice on Sundays, on Wednesdays, choir rehearsal nights, whatever that was. Right. And you stayed out of high school two years or whatever before you went in. I was at three years. I went to work in the steel mill. Huh. Now, when I asked God to speak to me, he was silent with you. But what did he do with me? I was working in the steel mill. And I'm running this big overhead box crane at the time, and we're pouring the steel. And there was water in the bottom of this vat. And when you pour, you know, molten steel inside of where there's water, it blows up. Sure. And I was way up in the ceiling in this crane, and I see it looks like a volcano going off. And I was getting into the party scene at the time and stuff with guys, you know, big four-wheelers, mudding and drinking and all this kind of stuff. And God got a hold of me and he said, Brent, there really is a heaven and a hell. You get to choose. I just want you to know that I love you no matter what, um, but I do have a plan and a purpose for your life. So whenever you want to follow that, um, and I heard it and I knew it. And I went to Anderson College <laughs> before it was university. And I get to my dorm room and I had to be there a week early because I had been out of school three years. They made you go back to get your study habits ready oh, again. Sure. And there was no, my roommate wasn't there yet. And I opened up my Bible, and I'm not one of these guys that say, just open up your Bible and whatever it is, you know, I'm one of those things. And it fell on, on it was Psalm 119, and it was one of the Psalms. The first thing I looked at says, during my brief earthly life, I shall compose songs about your commandments. <laughs> I wasn't planning on doing music. I didn't even know I could sing yet. I really didn't. Huh? And I'm not saying this to name drop stuff like this, but I can just tell you this. When I became obedient in the time that God graced me with to learn to hear his voice and to, to learn and grow, I ended up having 14 top tens and four number ones. And my, my, I was telling you about my young, she's like, why aren't you famous? <laughs> I think, I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. I think it's, it's, it's one of those things, my fame, and I, like yours, doesn't come from what we've done, but that the maker of the universe would put on a display in the sky like he did for you. He loved you that much. Right. So coming back to this whole conversation about, you know, 
and what I was saying was it's your, your experiences that shape how you believe, um, because that's what molds it. And then your thoughts and your emotions and actions, how much of that kind of thinking played into you going back and looking at God again? You know, was it based on like a feeling? How did I feel with God? Was it based on the truths of what I, I know from science or what I'm seeing? Or was it like all of that stuff? Yeah, I think it was everything coming together. And I think it was also, uh, for me, it really started to kind of like, if I had to put words to it and kind of describe the way I was thinking about it, I think I, I, think I developed a new uh, understanding of the concept of faith. Um, that faith wasn't, a lot of people talk about faith as being a kind of belief, like a belief without, without evidence. Right, right, right. And, and I don't think it's that. I don't, I, I think faith can be the grounding for belief, but I think faith comes from God, not from anything I do. I, I, I faith is a gift and, and it begins with God and, and, and that's because it begins with God. That's why it can be the you know, where in, in Hebrews, it talks about the faith being the, uh, the, the, what is it? The evidence of things unseen, uh, the knowledge of things hoped for. Like you can't, you can't have evidence of something unseen, but yet you do. You can't have knowledge of something you just hope for. If you had knowledge, you wouldn't have to hope for it. But, but still when you, ha- when you feel it, when it happens and we can, you know, and again, I feel like the words throw it off because it's not just a feeling. It's also not just a belief. It's something else. It's this added other aspect of the spiritual part of you. And, and that's what I really started to see is like this, that n- all of a sudden I can understand how you can hold on to, uh, God and, and feel a confidence and a, and a peace in that, um, Without having all of the answers, without having all of the intellectual answers, or or, go, or to go the other way, without feeling all the right things, you know, it's it's not just an emotional thing, it's not just a rational thing. Those things contribute to it, but there's some other underlying thing, and I think that's what I really started to experience the 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 other the the transcendent part that that I couldn't explain, but that's where I, I really was able to kind of hold on to something, and that's that's what felt like oh. I'll never let this go for the rest of my life. This is real. Do you remember feeling like when you started going and searching, which a lot of people I know, they're like, man, I feel so ashamed, you know, <laughs> for, for questioning or for trying this or because I'm trying to find the truth. But then they feel like, especially if they were raised like within the church and that kind of stuff, they're feeling this, you know, shame and condemnation, which we know condemnation doesn't come from God, right. you know, um, but it's the enemy trying to make us feel guilty for even questioning God. Well, I think it's healthy. Yeah. God gave us a sound mind. We, we, we were given these brains to look at things. And, <laughs> right. and, and people talk about emotions. Like we talked about, you know, um, thoughts, emotions, and actions. And people talk about, well, you know, uh, I'm going to talk about the fear of God. Well, that's, that's not, or, or not just fear of God, but fear is an unhealthy emotion. No, it's not. <laughs> God gave you that emotion. Right. It's, it's, so when you can't just try to say, well, you know, whatever these things are. No, God gave you those. Like if you had a, a, a child running out in the street, I've used that example before. Yeah. You better be afraid of what's going to happen to that kid. <laughs> if you're seeing uh, a child being molested, you know, you shall have a righteous anger. It should be getting, you know, save that child, whatever. Yeah. But I think we feel this, this guilt, shame, condemnation. No, I don't want to say guilt, because I think there's a, there's a, there's a healthy side to that because it, it does. I always say that, you know, one of the things that conviction, when I think about being guilty, I am guilty. 
Right. And, and conviction is a beautiful thing because how it differs from condemnation, it doesn't leave you feeling bloodied and battered and wanting to go hide, which makes you want to act out even more because you don't like yourself. <laughs> but conviction leads to two things. It leads to repentance and obedience. And I think there's that healthy side. When we do question and we come back to it and saying, God, I just needed to know. And I think we sometimes we, we want to say, I'm so sorry. And God goes, I know. I get it. <laughs> right. What do you think? I sent my son to die. So, cause you needed the evidence of who I am. <laughs> yeah. So absolutely. keep questioning, keep sticking your fingers in the nail holes. Right. Yes. And searching. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, did you, I mean, did you feel that kind of stuff when you were going through the journey? Like you were kind of, uh, God, I'm kind of abandoning you here or. I, you know, I just, I, I, I remember when I, the, looking back, when I really came to the, the decision of like, okay, I'm, I'm letting this all go and I'm, I, I just can't hold on to it anymore. Um, I remember I, I was just by myself and I definitely like, I, I cried cause it yeah. was like, that's it. That was everything. That was everything I, I thought I was kind of building my life on. And then I just decided, nope none of that. Like I'm getting rid of all of it. And, and so it was, it was really hard, but I don't think I ever felt, uh, I don't know. I didn't feel a guilt uh, because I mean, I guess I, there was some sense of like, I knew that I knew that I did feel like I was maybe letting people down because yeah, I knew people, maybe those closest to yeah, you. I knew people wanted me to yeah. not be where I was, especially <laughs> those that had an influence in your spiritual walk. Right. Growing up or right. wherever. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But as far as like letting God down, I mean, I, I kind of just started from, I don't even, uh, I mean, I pretty much decided, I don't even know if I, if I believe there's a God out there. So I don't feel like I'm letting anybody down because I don't really know what, I, I don't know what, what I'm going to end up with. Um, so I didn't, I didn't feel a guilt in that sense, but I, yeah, I did, I did definitely feel, uh, it went through a period, a pretty long period where there weren't a lot of real meaningful, deep conversations between me and my parents, uh, kind of, kind of just had to, uh, I, I, that was hard. That was hard. Does, I want to say just the music industry. I'm thinking about when you went to California and w- was it in LA? Um, for the voice. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Los Angeles. And, and so all the people that we see, I'm not trying to name names or calling, but, I, but I'm, my question is from what you experienced and obviously no person here, I'm trying to say in all of your experiences, how much do you think that world really knows what to do with God? <laughs> oh man. Um, I think for the most part, that world is a disaster. I mean, I just think it's, I think there's, <laughs> I think there's very little of real value and substance there. If, if that's where you're looking, I mean, I, I think there are, you just see so many people fall apart <laughs> and in, in that situation and every, I just, I don't know. I just felt like I came across so much, uh, uh, the whole, it, the whole thing's a show and there's a lot of dishonesty and a lot of uh, backstabbing and a lot of, you know, there were, I, that's, and I don't want to give a hundred percent that, that that's the picture. It's all I, just, I saw awful. that in the Christian music industry well, too. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and there were good people it's, it's, in human nature where, yeah. yeah. There were good people too, and I came across some really nice people as well. So I, that it's not all that, but I don't think it's set up 
in a way that's very conducive to being a human. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think it works very well for most people. So how what you're you're talking about doing a new pro- project right now. I want to make sure we touch on that before yeah. we get off of here today, but so maybe use this question to kind of lead into that what you're doing now with that is how did all this stuff because the thing I know about you is you are a thinker. Um I I see a generation right now that I do worry about and, and not my mom down as a whole, but I see a lot of we're, we're believing what we're told rather than learning how to think. Yeah. You know, we're taught what to think rather than how to think. And you're right. one of those people that picks things apart, which I love that because now to see someone who's a thinker to come back to faith and has looked at everything, turn it upside down every way they possibly can and goes, yeah, I can't deny this. <laughs> right. I, in my spirit, even at that level. Right. How has that affected the way you write? And I love the places that you're singing because you're singing to everybody. You're not isolating this one group of people because I think it brings hope and encouragement and people asking questions. Even if it was, what was it like to win The Voice? And then you said to me at, at Starbucks that one day, you said, I think God's calling me to do something a little bit different where I can tell some of my story along with the songs right. because that gets people intrigued and in, in maybe asking their own questions. Yeah. So. How does that play into your writing now? And then maybe kind of end up with the project stuff you're working on. Sure. Um, well, I mean, it, it has, has everything to do with how, how I write now. Um, I, I definitely, uh, ideas, ideas of faith and questioning and, uh, all of that are, are kind of a part of, a part of anything that I'm writing or working on right now. And I do have a project of, of original stuff that, um, that uh, kind of helps me tell my story that goes back to stuff that I wrote along the way um, that I didn't even realize. I look, there are a handful of songs that I look back at and I'm like, oh, I see what I was saying there. And it, was, it just kind of came out of me and I didn't even 100% know what I meant by it. Um, but in retrospect, it's more clear to me than, than it was then. Um, so I have this, all of these songs that, I've put together into a collection that, that, that sort of helps me tell my own personal story. And that's kind of what I thought I was going to do. Like I, that was the project I was talking to you about. Right. And I started reaching out to some people about that and I did it at a couple of churches and, and it went well and was received well, but I, it just never seemed to get off the ground. And, and, uh, and I, I felt like the door just kept getting slammed shut on it. And, uh, I, uh, um, I reconnected with uh, a friend of mine, um, Tim Sheff, who, who he also went to uh, Anderson, and we were friends back then. And he kind of had a similar path, uh, ended up sort of leaving faith behind. He, he grew up the son of a, of a pastor as well. And, um, and he, he ended up getting signed to a major label deal for a second, and it fell apart. And... Um, and it, it, he had a kind of meandering journey as well. Come to find out, he came back to a real, uh, a, what he would consider like more of a real faith and, and kind of, and, and returned to uh, uh, Christianity the same month that, that I had that experience. It happened wow. at the, the same, exact same month. And, and so we, re- he, when he, when I typed up, you remember that you kind of got in touch with me after I, I wrote that on Facebook yep. and posted a, yep. I about remember that, that was experience. a big post. I remember that. Yeah. 
And uh, he actually reached out to me too. He's like, man, I loved reading that. So he's like, we got to get back in touch. And so we, we kind of kept in touch for the last few years. And, uh, and then I told him about this project that I was working on. He was really excited about that. He had me come out and do it as a house show at his sister's house in, in Des Moines, Iowa. And, um, and, and then he, we were talking about trying to work on other projects together. We thought about maybe like just doing some cover band stuff just to kind of make some money. And, and we talked about that. And then he, in the middle of talking about that, he said, man, you know, I've been thinking about maybe just going out to like little churches and, and playing hymns for the old people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like, okay, that's interesting. And and then I, I thought of that a couple of weeks after that. And I reached out to him and I was like, man, if you ever want to do that, just let me know. And I'd be, I'd be down to go, go do that with you. You guys can come sing for me. <laughs> well, and he's, I mean, I mean, old folks. I mean. He's, he said, he, he was like, well, you know what? He's like, instead of that, he's like, I've been really thinking about going back to, um, the Jesus mu- movement and the mm-hmm. Jesus music mu- music of like the early seventies when that was all happening yep. and, and kind of looking into that history. And I was like, man, I've been thinking about that a lot too, actually, because I, I've been trying to write, write down a lot of my early story. And that has, that's kind of what I came out of. My parents were like in a band together called God squad oh, yeah. in the seventies and in Florida and playing all that kind of music. And so we started getting into that and, and started reaching out to some places and saying, hey, we've got this project. And it all just, everything started falling into place. And I can't tell you the number of weird coincidences and things that we've stumbled upon at the same time across this whole p- process of putting this project together. So we're going back to like the 70s and taking all these like early yep. contemporary Christian, like stuff like the Imperials oh, and yeah. Lyle and Lefebvre and... Uh, Gosh, the um, archers, Randy Stonehill. Yeah, Randy Stonehill. Oh, yeah. yeah, looking at some of that stuff. And the thing that's really stood out to me is, and that I love, is there's just such a freshness and authenticity to that music before it turned into yep. an industry. Yep. yep. And you feel like it, and, and, and I think it parallels what happened with the church too. I feel like it started, it turned into convincing people of something mm-hmm. when back then it was just, man, I just had this experience and I don't know if you'll have the same experience, but I just want to tell you about it because it's been life changing for me. And you can sense that in that music. And yeah, before it was lights, action, fog yeah, machines. Yeah. 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 Yep. And, and so it, we're kind of going back to that, not just as like a reminiscent, like, Oh, the good old days, but what does that experience tell us about the step that we need to take now? You know, what was special about that? And maybe where did it go wrong <laughs> and, and in some ways? And, and being true, I, I, I'm hearing you saying the Spirit's moving you to do something here. Sorry, this is what I'm feeling no, and yeah, hearing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I, I, he's absolutely moving you, and I hear it in your voice. I was at Asbury when the revival was going oh. on, whatever they, the, yeah, the yeah, awakening, yeah. whatever the media called it in a revival, but right. I don't know what it, you know, it's a God movement, whatever yeah. it was. Stood in line seven hours wow. to get in that day. But what happened inside wasn't what really rocked my world. I'm standing in line for seven hours with people from all over the country, people who had driven 15 hours to be there after flying from Brazil to Boston to drive down there. That's why they came, because they wanted to experience God. And the coolest thing was there was a group of of probably 17 to 19-year-olds in front of us, and there was like three girls and three guys, and the one guy had a acoustic guitar. They sang for hours. 
and everyone's gathering around listening. It was real. Oh, there yeah. was no, there was no um, uh, ticket sales going on. Right. There was no promotional posters. There was no song <laughs> set list. It's whatever the spirit of God moved. They just started doing it, and the harmonies were rich, and people are sobbing, oh. and they're they're holding their phones up and and posting these things on social media, going real. This is real. Yeah. And then they, they came in from the inside and they said, anybody here between the ages of like 16 and 20, come in. And they took them all up to the stage to what was going on to be a part of what all this authenticity was right. about. We got home at like three in the morning. It was my wife's like first day at her new job, or first week at the new job where she was. And she had posted this and her boss texts her and say, don't worry about coming in tomorrow. I want you to experience this. Oh, nice. There's something, when people see something real, Yes. Yeah. they're hungry. And I think what God is doing is hitting at the exact right time because people, what was the, the Jesus movie that came out of here a couple months ago? Uh, Jesus Revolution. Yeah, Jesus Revolution. Yeah, about that time. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's going, that. Yes. I want that again. Right. Right. I want that again. I, I, I Growing up when I did... And I got to, to see and be a part of that from a distance. You know, I didn't sing till I was 21, but I sure. got to experience it and listen to it, and it changed me. And then when I got into the industry and started, you know, getting on all these, you know, it started off with, you know, singing to 100 people, and then it was 1,000 people, and then 10,000. I think when we did, when Desert Storm was over, and I was with Sandy, we sang in, in, in Boston Harbor with the Boston Pops that night. 350,000 people <laughs> in as far as you could, the eye could see, the harbor's full of boats. And I'm, I'm in the green room with Michael Dukakis and Brigadier General Neal and all these things. And, and I'm watching all this stuff going on and how big it was, which, which was great. It was a celebration. I'm not trying to put that side of it down. But your, your brain begins to go to this, wow, I must have some talent here to be with these kind of people. Right. I know you had to have the enemy whispering on your shoulder when you were doing that show. Right, right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. then God's going, go ahead. <laughs> Because I'm going to speak to him in a way that you can't, and that's what's going to right. make a difference. Yeah. Oh, anyhow, no, we could I, we could go on all night. Yes. We could have a whole other episode <laughs> as long as we've gone. But Josh, man, seriously, I've been looking forward to this because I, I know your story. Um, I know your story. I trust it. I, I trust what God's doing in your life right now. Um, that night when you sang at Connor Prairie, you know, my wife has heard your, your story from afar, and she knew what we were friends. And that night when, when you uh, said, hey, when I'm done singing, just meet me backstage down there. Yeah. And, you know, she was nervous, you know, because you see someone on television. We walked away, and she's like, oh, my gosh, he's so real. I said, yeah, that's what we need. <laughs> right. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Pleasure, bud. Yep.